What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. You already know that the Montana State Bookstore there on the MSU campus is your go-to spot to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Right now, the first couple weeks of May, they have a few tremendous specials going on. First of all, Mother's Day right around the corner. So if you use the promo code online, msubookstore.org, if you use the promo code BobcatMoms at checkout anytime between May 1st and May 14th, you're going to get 25% off any and all of your purchases. They also have an alumni sale going on. If you use Cat Alums at checkout, you're going to get 25% off all alumni gear for the next couple weeks as well. And don't forget, graduation is right around the corner as well. They have gifts, announcements, party supplies, and much more. Go check out the Montana State Bookstore on campus, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day, anytime you're in Bozeman. And if you're not in Bozeman, be sure to check out online, msubookstore.org. It's a Friday. It's my birthday. I'm officially middle-aged. I'm hanging out with my favorite middle-aged guy. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Roger Seabrook riding shotgun with me, Coulter Nuanas. Why you look so disgusted, bro? Because I'm 10 years your senior. and At least. At least. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is when you could get old and smack someone and get away with murder. <laughs> because you're saying... You hit middle age, and then you're hanging out with someone, your favorite middle-aged person, which makes me feel really secular <laughs> in my late years, in my autumns of life. And that either makes me the youngest old person, or you're the oldest young person. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about. The common theme of the week is, uh, where is the best fit for the Montana schools in an ideal world when it comes to um, conference, conference alignment? FBS versus FCS. We've been talking about it all week. We're going to keep talking about that. We also uh, have some news out of Missoula Sentinel. Jason Mackey resigns as the head coach of the Sentinel boys basketball team. So uh, what does the ideal candidate look like to replace him? What are some of the challenges that exist in basketball and otherwise across the landscape of Missoula high school sports? An interesting conversation I think could be had there because I do think there's certainly different demographics that exist. We're also going to keep playing our fun NFL game, Smart or Dumb. I had Rajim about falling off his stool last week when we were playing this game. <laughs> it's a fun game, so it's we're going to keep on playing it. It's all about the NFL. Uh, we also are going to go through some of our favorite sports memories from the last year or so. And... Uh, we're also going to talk some NBA because only eight teams left, and the New York Knicks are one of them. And uh, they got themselves a golden opportunity here. Yes, we do. Uh, playing against the eight-seeded Miami Heat. So uh, plenty of NBA conversation in hour number two as well. But we're going to get things kicked off uh, with the continuation of our Big Sky Spotlight. Our Big Sky Spotlight, we highlight different storylines around the Big Sky Conference. This time of year, we've been catching up with uh, various new football coaches from around the Big Sky Conference because there's a whole bunch of them. So just momentarily here, uh, Ed Lamb's going to join us. Ed Lamb, new at Northern Colorado, familiar to the Big Sky Conference. He was at Southern Utah uh, for a, uh, a a good amount of time 
uh, up until their last, uh, I guess their second to last Big Sky Championship, 2015, that he has spent the last several years at BYU, but now he's back in the uh, the Big Sky Conference ranks uh, as a uh, head coach uh, here in um, the Big Sky. So uh, we're gonna we're efforting Coach Lamb uh, at the moment. Uh, but in the meantime, what's up, man? How's it going? You, you had a, a charity basketball game last night. How did it go? Ooh, it was cu- cooking. It was a good time, yeah, brother. It was you, a good time. What's your stats? You get any scores? Uh, I, you know what? I was like coach, host, facilitator, okay. program director. MC. You know, master of the custodial arts after it went over. That's a janitor for the, you know, non-initiated. Um <laughs> No, it was a good time. We had a great community event. We had some community leaders and of uh, varying backgrounds, teachers, uh, county clerks, um, attorneys, lawyers, social workers, therapists versus um, uh, Missoula's finest and Missoula's bravest. Uh, the fire cool. department and the police department raised some money, raised some awareness, raised our levels of organic community engagement. And... Uh, it was a good time. It was good to see people uh, have different roles, which automatically equate to different relationships. And it's uh, it's really cool for people to interact with police officers when you haven't been violated or you violated someone. It's nice to sure, see. Right. It's nice to talk to a firefighter when your house isn't burning down or it's an emergency. It's a much different conversation, and it uh, it leads to some you know some really authentic engagements and. Uh, hopefully further developments of, of people's minds, hearts, and, and souls. So it was a good time, and uh, yeah, good community out, uh, outcome. Glad it went well, and uh, the the first of many, so we'll keep talking yeah, about for sure. uh, this as they, uh, they, they come about. We are still efforting Ed Lamb, so we'll keep on, uh, we'll keep on talking. I texted him earlier, but he didn't text me back, but we had a time. So, uh... We'll fill in the gap until he we'll uh, gap. until he zeroes back in on on the man known as Nunu Nuanes. <laughs> um, the the news of the day in the high school ranks in Missoula: Jason Mackey resigns as the head coach at Missoula Sentinel, mm-hmm. uh, citing that he wanted to spend some more time with his family. Uh, he's put a lot of uh, years in. This is only his third year at Sentinel, but he coached for twenty five plus years uh, in Oregon. He was in Portland for thirteen, and then Sandy uh, for another twelve. He's a Sentinel alum, so I know that uh, he was very happy to be back here. I had a good year, year one at Sentinel. Uh, took third at state. That was Sentinel's first trophy at state since 2008. And uh, had some good players. I mean, Sam Begley was the um, Montana Player of the Year that year. Uh, Tony Froelich Fair went on to have a, a great college career as well. So, um, high watermark there. Last two years been a struggle at Sentinel, uh, just a couple wins each year. I, I have a little bit of a hard time in terms of like actually truly just measuring performance base of coaches in high school because uh, you know you, you kind of just get what you get, right? And uh, you know Sentinel just had a lot of talent year one; they didn't have a lot of talent the last couple of years. They had a lot of great kids. I, I would say the best way you could describe Sentinel basketball the last couple of years was a bunch of great athletes that were playing basketball Correct. in between seasons. Of what they're really good at, whether that Correct. was uh, football, football or track. Track, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine with that. I, I, that's an honest assessment. So, regardless, we, we've enjoyed our time with, with Coach Mackey. He was great on the show. He's come on several times, and uh, um, hopefully he enjoys his, his extra time. But he got me thinking about what that opening uh, might mean. Um, 
and who would be the ideal fit there. So before we sort of analyze what the ideal fits are and what are some of the the the, uh, the advantages and disadvantages that exist at the Missoula high schools, what do you think? Because I, I've always found it fascinating. Sentinel boys basketball has had a bunch of great talent during my time paying attention to high school sports, back to my high school days all the way through now. Oh, yeah. They've always had a fair amount of success, but not nearly the success that you'd, you'd think. Hellgate's been the basketball school in Missoula, and Hellgate's been one of the dominant programs in the state forever, for a really long correct, time. Correct, correct. Uh, so what do you think is the thing that would be the best fit uh, at um, at Missoula Central as, for, uh, for a basketball coach? Uh, right now, just pliability, being able to understand exactly what you said to give credence to your words, that you have a lot of athletic guys that like to play basketball. Um, there aren't a lot of guys that are just basketball players. And that, you know, that just ebbs and flows with the with the culture of, of basketball and kids' interest and availability. Um, with that being said, I, I think that you have to also understand the culture of Sentinel. I think that having a person understand uh, the the culture within Sentinel and then the subculture within Sentinel basketball and what that all entails, good, bad, and indifferent, uh, it will allow for a, a, a clearer pathway to to create inner, more inner successes, which lead to outward successes for the program, for the basketball program. I've always found the analysis of high school sports in Missoula to be a really fascinating one. And but, since we're talking high school sports... You know, we owe them some promotion anyways. Let's make this our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. Appreciate Farmer State Bank for their uh, continued support of high school athletics here around uh, the city of Missoula and the state of Montana. Um, you are a smooth criminal. We just, <laughs> just like slipped that in there. Like we, you know, we didn't get the interview. Then you slip things in. The, hey, baby, it is your birthday. Like bright, <laughs> burn bright, big boy. Love it. I um, love it. Sports are huge in Montana. That's not... Uh, that is not something rare for rural places. A lot of times rural communities. Um, high school sports are sort of the uniting factor. There's not a lot to do. Correct. I mean, there's you know there's hundreds of towns in Montana where like the only community gathering center is a basketball gym. Yeah, <laughs> and that's totally. why basketball is so big, especially in the Class C ranks, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know... Either at home or your neighbor's house or the gym. That's like the only places you can go in, like Outlook, Montana, or you know, Plentywood, Montana, Sunburst, Montana, whatever it might be. Right. Um, so that part's cool. Missoula's always had a weird spot, though, in uh, high school athletics because there's always been this omnipresent shadow of the Grizzlies. Everybody in Missoula cares about the Grizz first. Then they might care about some form of high school. Or not, but the Grizz, I think, takes away a lot from the attention high school sports would receive otherwise mm-hmm. in a town of similar size. Like, look at how big high school sports is in Great Falls. Look at how big it is in Kalispell and Butte, uh, in Billings. Um, Bozeman also has a Division One university there, but they only had one high school until the last three years. So it's Bobcats and Hawks. You could be fans right, of both. That's, right, you know, right, right. Your, your attention span wasn't spread so thin, whereas, you know, I, I guess the best way I could say it is in most every town in Montana, Little kids dream of growing up to be Great Falls CMR wrestlers or uh, Frenchtown Bronx or whatever it is. Right. In Missoula, they grow up first and foremost wanting to be Grizz. Grizz. I think Sentinel's done a really good job of connecting with MYF, the Missoula Youth Football Program. I'd agree with that. And making kids first and foremost want to be Spartans mm-hmm. and then 
Grizzlies. But um, I don't know. I think that's a, it's an interesting dynamic. I also think one uh, one thing I you know when I add to how to make basketball better for Sentinel is even though Hellgate is the school right now for boys and 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 girls, you know, last, especially last couple of years. We don't live in a basketball-heavy community to begin with. Like when I, you know, when I think Missoula and I think about Western Montana, the first sport that actually comes to mind is football for boys and volleyball for girls. To be perfectly honest, like that's like the two big sports, especially with you know the increased travel year-round AAU private sector of volleyball. It just feels more prominent as the prominent sport for a lot of young ones. When you don't have that here and it's it's locale to one place and you have open enrollment as well, you have concentration bursts. If you want to play football, you'll go to Sentinel. So then you'll get those bursts and those concentrations there that then kind of water down everywhere else. And then the same thing for basketball. It's like if you're a boy and you want a ball, like I know a lot of kids that should have gone to Sentinel that are playing for Hellgate but live in Sentinel's district. I think if you cut down open enrollment, the parity actually comes increases more because you're not just you're not able to stack, so to say, because you have your preference. So I mean, that's just you know a factor. Kind of zooming out and unpacking it from a different uh, uh, frame of reference is 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 very uh, visible. So yeah, that's just that's my two cents, brother. Feel free to give me change. I, I've also found it fascinating because we've seen now in sort of the modern era, certain schools in Missoula emphasize certain elements of or, or, or have have um, success in specific sports. Mm-hmm. Hellgate's been phenomenally good in boys soccer. Mm-hmm. They've been good in both boys and girls soccer, but really phenomenally good in, in boys soccer. Right. Part of that I think is Jay Anderson and the head coach there. His relationship. Stop right there. I think you just answered your question. I, as as you're speaking, I'm, I, I'm on the yeah. same pathway. A lot of it has to do with coaching. Like, it's, if you have a good soccer coach, your soccer program's going to be very good. If you have good football coaches, your football coaching staff is going to, you know, predicate and yield good dividends. And I think when you break down sport by sport, coaching staff in its entirety, and then the individual cogs that make up the machine known as a coaching staff, look, look who's won. And I think that speaks to a lot of it, too. Sam's the athlete, right? Like, let's remove the, the young ones for uh, just, you know, momentarily. If you look at the coaching staffs that are in place that have won championships, regardless of the school, regardless of level, a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff. What were their experiences? How were they able to have the role and relationship with these kids? So I think that's a, a huge factor in it, too. When I look at, like, what, you know, Jeff's doing over, uh, doing over there at Hellgate with those boys in that boys program, like, he connects so well to those guys and has such a strong coaching staff that they play their little hearts out. Dane Oliver in football, Karen Deaton in basketball. Like, look at those coaching staffs and then yeah. look at the kids that are attached to it. And now we start seeing it, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new narrative. For sure. I also think that there's, um, there's an element of having comp- continuity with things that exist within the community as well. Soccer, specifically, has become a year-round sport. Truth. So I think that having a great relationship with the club programs here in Missoula, whether Mm -hmm. it's FC Missoula or the Strikers, uh, that's going to help you a lot. Mm -hmm. I think Hellgate's done the best job of that, right? I also think there's a certain element, and you and I have talked about this a lot on this show in a variety of different themes. Certain sports cater to very specific socioeconomic backgrounds and advantages. Without a doubt. 
And, you know, it is is what it is. Mm-hmm. Loyola, as a private school in, in Missoula, is going to have kids from a little bit more advantaged backgrounds. And it's no surprise, then, that they dominate sports like tennis, which also then sort of are, are influenced more by affluent people than they are uh, otherwise, right? So mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's, there's some of that. Um, I also think, though, there's different dynamics to the high school. Even though Missoula is a quote-unquote small town, the high schools are very different in the the culture that exists the within social the cultural the social the, so, the social cultural differences without a, without for sure doubt. without a doubt. And, and so then that's where I think the coaching comes in is how do you take advantage of what your advantages are right? Karen Deaton did such a great job at Sentinel because she knew how to take such great advantage of the inherent advantages that existed in girls basketball in at Sentinel, but also to mitigate some of the other stuff. I have been so proud to watch because. Let's be straight up about this. The, the Of the three AA high schools in Missoula, the one that has the biggest disadvantage is Missoula Big Sky. I think there's a variety of reasons for that. Uh, but I think that, first of all, Big Sky is by far the smallest population uh, in Missoula of high school students. Mm-hmm. Big Sky is the only of the three high schools that doesn't have stairs. That then makes the exceptionalities program at Big Sky, which is incredibly important, the one that has by far the most kids in it. So there's the most special education students at Big Sky. So a part of your numbers are likely not going to be contributing in the realm of athletics. That also has an influence on the amount of people that are going to come out. And then I also think that uh, Big Sky has sort of had this thing manifest within itself. But I also think, though, that some of the advantages that exist at Big Sky haven't been taken, taken advantage of but I do think that right now, especially in uh, basketball, Big Sky's turned a corner. They went through some really tough years where they haven't been very good. Mm-hmm. Now they have a couple really good coaches that aren't dwelling on the disadvantages. They're only taking advantage of the advantages. A lot of times with where the school districts are, I know there's open enrollment in Missoula. I know there's a lot of controversy about where kids go and the, the ability to transfer and all that sort of stuff. But in its essence, Hellgate's going to have mostly kids that live in the University District in Rattlesnake, the Sentinel's going to have a lot of kids that live on the south side of town, up in the South Hills, Linda Vista, Miller Creek area. And then Big Sky is going to have a lot of kids that come from sort of the outskirt areas, whether it's the Target Range area, the Big Flat area. Just because of the socioeconomic um, disparities, disparities, Big Sky is going to have more working class kids. Mm-hmm. There's a that, that directly translated into why Big Sky was the best football team in Missoula out of the Missoula high schools for years. Mm-hmm. More just hard, tough-nosed, working-class kids. That, that, that was a direct correlation. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that Big Sky now has coaches that are, are taking advantage of that as well. I mean, you're seeing that in basketball. Big Sky changed its philosophies, mm-hmm. and they just want to be this hard-working, lunch-pail-type program, especially in boys' basketball this year. They don't have much size, but they were just getting after people. The last couple of years, they actually have. They're just pressing you, and they're getting up in you. And I think th- that's what I'm talking about is – you know, these are not like at the college level. The disparities is not that crazy, but you no. do have to mitigate the disadvantages and take advantage of the advantages. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I like where you're going with this conversation. We can actually, I would love to take a deep dive and like get some statistics between the three AA schools. I guess the, the, the only counterpoint to that, my friend, is what about them in Class B and Class C schools where small schools dominate over their bigger town counterparts? Why do, you know, why do the Maltas 
have strings of championships, yeah, yeah. and they have sometimes less than enough resources, yet they're uh, able... I, I think there's a real dynamic there, though, because I think part of it is the tradition of of the of winning. Right. Little girls grow up wanting to be Emmets. They, want it, they grow up wanting to be Malta girls basketball players, and it breeds upon itself. Right. I mean, there's been, like, what, I think eight girls from Malta that have gone to play for Lady Grizz? Yeah. I mean, Malta's in the middle of nowhere. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, a, I chose Malta for a reason. It's, it's a tiny town, yeah. right? It's the same thing with, like, Haver, though, too. Like, Haver has great girls basketball. Because, Amazing. Because of the institution that exists, the the tradition that exists, and the coaching that exists as well. Okay. I also think that there's... I think there's an inordinate amount of phenomenally good coaches in Montana. Because there's a couple reasons for that. One... People, people that are from Montana want to live in Montana, want to stay in Montana, and they have great pride in Montana. People also have great pride in where they come from. So there's a lot of people that want to go back to their hometown and teach. Mm-hmm. And I also think that you know Missoula, Bozeman, a lot of the cities in Montana have really blown up in terms of how much the cost of living is here. Mm-hmm. But in small towns in Montana, it's still relatively, if not very cheap to live here. And you can live a pretty good life on a teacher's salary a lot easier in a Class B or a Class C town than you can in Missoula, Montana. Mm-hmm. So I think that that keeps good coaches there as well. But I, I think there's like an inordinate amount of really good coaches in the state of Montana. I'd agree with that. Just well-versed within the game and knowing how to navigate the waters of small-town needs, small-town, uh, you know, the culture that goes within that and just being the glue that binds. That's a, It's a very interesting topic, Coulter. Like, you, if, if you just looked at me a couple of times, I've kind of been staring off into space because <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's more meat on the bone to actually talk about some of these things. Um, Deeper because there's there's you got my brain latched and hooked onto something right now and you know me I love social cultural stuff and you know the sociology and the psychology behind things and I just really um, enjoy you bringing light to this and just you know let's let's keep going with the other schools in town to to, to kind of add um, you know things to the think tank. If well, you I also think Loyola is a very unique school because Loyola plays Absolutely. in Class B, but it's in the second largest city in Montana. Yep. And there is, there's a certain level of legacy that goes on at Loyola. There's a lot of families that have sent multiple Truth. kids there or that are multi-generational. I mean, a lot you look of at, traditions. You look at this Class B championship team in boys basketball, and, you know, Scott Anderson coached at Loyola for 25 years and then stepped away for, like, 10. And then he comes back because the guys he coached in the 90s, they all now have kids. That they're playing. They're like, Coach Anderson, you got to coach our kids. You coached us, you got to coach our kids. And then they go and win their first state championship ever. And, you know, so there's a lot of legacy that goes on in Loyola. Mm-hmm. And, but I also think that's such a fascinating dynamic because when you're Loyola and you're in the same conference as Townsend and Deer Lodge and the, like a town like Townsend, the kids that are on the varsity basketball team have been playing on the same basketball team since they were seven. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you get your group and you run that group until you graduate high school, you know? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and so the, I, I do think sometimes it's uphill slutting for Loyola because they don't necessarily maybe have that continuity from the young age. But then they also, I think, and this and this goes with a lot of the private schools in Montana, they could bring in higher talent athletes than maybe exist or that maybe are commonplace in the division they play. Building Central is always very good mm-hmm, because very. of that. Because of that as well. I mean, you're getting a kid from the biggest city in Montana, and he's going to go play Class A sports, even though he's been sort of nurtured in a metropolitan, you know, youth sporting environment. So there's a lot of that too. I think. 
Yeah, and I also like, uh, you know, going back to the advantage of, you know, the small town having that nucleus, that almost uh, synergistic energy yeah. amongst the team versus like Loyola where you may not have that because you have so many other, you have eight middle schools and all these other things. Yeah. But then you have the advantages of having like sports-specific training that kind of makes up for that lack of continuity. So right. it's, it's you know, the grass is always greener. For right? sure. And uh, what a what a what a good uh, what a, a great conversation. I love your brain, even though it's a year older and you know <laughs> duller. Uh, welcome to the club. It's also been fun to watch Valley Christian because Valley Christian had such low enrollment, even for a Class C school, yes. that they almost had no ability to compete in some sports because they just had such a small number of kids. Mm-hmm. But now they've gotten a few more kids, and programs and, have developed. And now you know they have a football team now, yeah. and they're competing. They won some games. Yeah. They have basketball Absolutely. teams, and they're yeah. competing. And so it's it's fun to see sort of the fledgling schools too. And, and that's a complete anomaly—a Class C town, or excuse me, a Class C school in. A big town. So we'll see what the future looks like uh, for Valley Christian. So is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty with the phones. So uh, I've texted Coach Lamb. Our Big Sky Spotlight will continue, but not today. We're going to get a hold of Coach Lamb uh, a little later on down the road. But we will keep talking Big Sky football uh, throughout the summer. So uh, looking forward to that. And apologies for anybody that was looking forward to that. Uh, it's like Royce Robinson from the Fergus County Golden Eagles told me, I, I said, I, you know, I said I watched you play a couple times this year, and you guys have such unbelievable team chemistry. Why is that? And he said, Well, it's easy, man. I can't think of a single guy on this team that wasn't on my team since the first time I played basketball when I was six years old. <laughs> you know, so so you have that. Like, if you get thirteen years of playing with somebody before you're even eighteen years old, it it, uh, it cultivates a lot of chemistry. It's like playing with your cousin. For sure. You just, you have this unspoken chemistry, this ability to communicate non-verbally, and you know each other. Like, you know, I'm not going to pass it to Jimmy because Jimmy can't shoot that mid-range jumper, but you know what? Mason and Neil can, so let's get it to them when they're coming up off the elbow. Like, all the things. Like, you just have a different sort of sports IQ when you're able to have that type of, of, of camaraderie on the court because you have it off the court. I also think that, and I think this not just in high school sports in Montana, I think this with any organization, remove sports even from it. I I think that a clear, defined vision, great leadership, continuity, and uh, an adverse attitude toward apathy. You don't want apathy or complacency ever within your organization. So if you have a concise vision, great leadership to get you there, and... uh, Continuity within your organization, then you have a, a chance for success. Like I, I, I hearken back to Hellgate Boys basketball. I mean, Hellgate Boys basketball has had a coach with the same last name for like 35 years. Right? It was either Eric Hayes or now his son Jeff Hayes, and Eric's still helping. That's unbelievable continuity, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, same thing at Missoula Central. Karen Dean was there for 20 years. So you have continuity and a concise vision and great leadership. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, we're looking at you, Dana Oliver. See how long you can hey, stick it out there. Hey, man. D- Dane, uh, Dane, <laughs> I met with Dane this week, already talking about football, and love it. Dane, you know, Dane's Dane, Dane's all, he's a stalwart. He's been for around sure, for man. you know ten plus years. Oh, like, I, I, I've been I've been teasing him and Matt Johnson because uh, they were sort of the young coaches in Double A. Yeah, because you had the Jack Johnsons of the world, totally. forty plus years. You know, Ron Lebsock <laughs> had been Lebsock, around baby, for forty yeah. years. Uh, Paul Claybo had been around totally. for thirty plus years, 
You know, and even Mark Sampson, even though he'd been at multiple different places, he just retired at Great Falls High, but he had 43 years in, I think, by the time it was all said and done, uh, between all his different yep. stops. Great. Yep. Bennett has been around forever, too. But now... We've got They're the, the point OGs, where man. Dane and Matt aren't young, aren't the aren't the young coaches anymore. They're still young guys, you know. But they they are now, you know, double digit tenured coaches. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's cool, though. Yeah, Dane's getting a little frosty up top, <laughs> looking like someone's hitting him over the head with a bag of flour in his sleep. Uh, next time you see me, gotta tell him I miss him. But we, yes, sir. I go down and it's funny. I go down and bug Coach O uh, once a week. Uh, for interviews, and we do the interview for like six minutes, and then we sit around sol- solving all the problems of the world for another forty-five. And I, yeah, I love, great. I love hanging out with him. He's, he's, and I love hanging out with all the coaches, man. That's one of my favorite parts uh, of my job. A rambling, widespread, but very fun prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, <laughs> enriching the lives of Montanans since nineteen oh seven. All right, Regime's favorite game coming up. It's called Smart or Dumb. We yeah, read yeah. we read Sports Illustrated, then we debate all things NFL. Next, keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. OG rejoined music. <laughs> Welcome back, Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Friday. It is a Friday. It's Florence Coffee Company Friday. Uh, I did not get a chance to get us some Floco today because, uh, you know, my car troubles just never end. <laughs> so, did you get paid today? <laughs> no. Okay, well, that's that's the best one. It's a Friday. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the handsome one's birthday. Uh-huh, uh-huh, so send uh-huh. them some nice tweets or whatever you young people do yeah, on yeah, yeah. social media that I'm a, very allergic to. It's his birthday, and it's a Friday. The only thing better than it would be to trifecta any day that ends in Y would have been a payday. Uh, right, for sure. Uh, text in from a listener about um, our last segment. Are the Missoula AA schools still the smallest by attendance in Class AA? I'm going to have to look up the numbers officially, but I can say definitively that the answer is no in terms of the single smallest because there's now 16 Class AA high schools, and I know for a fact that Belgrade High School is the smallest. Mm-hmm. I do think Missoula, the three Missoula high schools are certainly in the bottom half uh, of attendance. They're probably, they're, they're not in the top eight, they're in the bottom eight. So uh, I'll look up the enrollments and we'll get back to you in terms of where exactly they rank. But I do know Belgrade's smaller, but I, I would reckon that Hellgate, Sentinel, and Big Sky are probably um, each uh, among the smallest AA high schools uh, in the state. Time to play one of our favorite games. It's called Smart or Dumb. It's very simple. We have uh, a Sports Illustrated uh, from last month. And there's uh, a pretty fun column in here with just bold statements about every single team in the NFL. So here's what we do. We read the bold statement. And uh, then we just cl- we declare uh, if it's smart or dumb. <laughs> 
Uh, let's start in the AFC East. Rajiv is a big... Uh, Rajiv Seabrook, by the way, riding in uh, studio with me. If you didn't already notice the uh, wonderful dulcet tones. Greetings. <laughs> uh, we'll start with... Raj is a big NFC East guy, specifically New York Giants. But let's start with the AFC East because we've got through three of the four bold predictions in this AFC East, but the one we haven't gotten through is this. The Patriots will win the division. The return of O.C. Bill O'Brien stabilizes the offense. By the way, if you hadn't been following along, the New England Patriots had a defensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator last year. That didn't work so well. Uh, It goes on to say, Mac Jones is poised, confident, and efficient. At some point, the Patriots will score an elite weapon this offseason. A brilliant defensive season from Bill Belichick will seal the deal. Smart or dumb, we buying or selling the Patriots as the the champions of the AFC East. (laughs) That's so dumb! Are you kidding me? No! The Patriots, I would say, are probably actually... the, The betting odds, I would say would be that the Patriots finished last in the division rather than first in the division, right? I mean, the Bills are the mo- uh, Bills have won multiple AFC East championships, and the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL. The Jets are going to be way better with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Welcome to Mr. Rodgers' new neighborhood. The, the are you Dolphin, kidding me? The Dolphins made the, are solid. The Dolphins made the playoffs last year. And the Patriots are the worst team in that in that division right now. You get dumb. Who wrote that? He should be fired. <laughs> so I guess the the premise is that they think that Bill O'Brien will be the thing that turns Mac Jones around. Mac Jones is a fascinating study right now because Mac Jones was. Uh, good to great as a rookie, and then uh, bad to really bad in his second year. But part of that, I think, is because they just had a bad offensive coordinator last year. O'Brien is uh, a surly individual, to put it nicely. He is not that pleasant of a person. He also was not a very good head coach, but he is a a tried-and-true proven offensive coordinator. He also spent recently uh, at Alabama, so I don't know if there's some crossover there. Mac Jones, Alabama guy. Bill O'Brien comes from Alabama back into the NFL. So, what is your opinion? What is your opinion, Raj, on uh, Mac Jones? I think he is the quarterback that's kind of the, the 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 in between Tom Brady and whoever the next great Patriot is. I think a lot of expectations were put on him, especially when uh, New England has kind of been considered a system friendly situation, a la Tom Brady. But I don't think Mac Jones fit within the construct that Tom Brady had long established. So I just think right now, as an organization, they're still reeling from not having that TB12 in the building. And to kind of put some unfair expectations and kind of have his specters still haunt those halls, Mac Jones is 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 kind of that that middle passageway guy. That if he does something, he's going to be great, and if not, he's just going to always be that you know the master of mediocrity at best. It's the uh, it's interesting because we've seen this phenomenon in uh, a, for a variety of different franchises. I, I guess for better for lack of a better example, I'll call it the Dan Marino syndrome. After Dan, after great, after great. Dan Marino retired, the Dolphins had a million different quarterbacks over the span of like 15 years before they finally got to a tongue of Iloa. But you could name such an endless string of mediocre quarterbacks in Miami, but they never could figure it out. The Packers are sort of the opposite of that because the Packers had Brett Favre right into Aaron Rodgers. So the Packers totally. have basically had two quarterbacks over the last 30 years, right? Totally. But I'm trying to think of other. But I guess what I'm saying is, I, 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 you have to feel a little bit bad for Mac Jones because he might be the first in a long line of quarterbacks in New England 
that suffer from the Brady syndrome. Yeah, I, I think you know there there's a couple of um, organizations that have that. Uh, Troy, Troy Aikman, like you, they still haven't found their guy for sure. Right? And, uh, they want Dak Prescott to be it, but it's just not quite just that. not yeah. going to be it. The you know the only modern day handoff that we've actually seen it be successful outside of uh, Green Bay is we got to go back you know 20 years before that uh, Montana to Steve Young for sure, um, where it was just almost seamless in, yeah. in transition and and then and, it seems like if you do make the seamless transition then you can have a string of good quarterbacks because then it was Steve Young to Jeff Garcia and like the Niners have pretty much they've had more often than not good quarterback play yeah, it's it's just it's an unfair situation for uh, for for Mac Jones to be in from that perspective alone. Um, but just going back to it, they are not winning the AFC East, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If so, I'll eat a glazed donut on radio. Win-win situation for this guy. <laughs> uh, smart or dumb is the game. We read bold statements from Sports Illustrated about the NFL, and we just determine if we think they're right or wrong. Uh, we'll go the AFC South. The Colts will trade Jonathan Taylor. The running back hits free agency next year, and like Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers in 2022, can do only so much for the franchise before it's senseless to hold on to him. Um, I'm going to not necessarily it's it's impossible to say that this actually is going to come to fruition, mm-hmm. but I do think that the premise that they're getting at is actually smart. I think we're going to see this more often than not in the NFL. At quarterback... What you accomplished is going to then get you a, a, a lucrative contract because you can still accomplish more. At receiver, what you've accomplished is going to get you a lucrative contract because you can still accomplish more. At running back, I think there's going to be this wall where if you are a 1,500-yard rusher multiple times during your rookie contract, rather than that earning you a huge payday, I think it's going to earn you a, a spot on the trade block because people are going to the franchises are going to want to unload the running back before he hits critical mass, right? Like, if Jonathan Taylor rushes for 1,500 yards this year, I think he'll have three 1,500-yard seasons in the last four years. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of tread on the You want to get rid of him before it burns out. It's the same thing. People were freaking out when Christian McCaffrey got traded. Why would you ever trade this guy? He's the number one player in fantasy football. Well, it's because he's already had... I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Marshall Falk, the only two players in NFL history with 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. McCaffrey already did it. How no, can you possibly no, expect it? There, is there one more? Roger Craig. Oh, Roger Craig, the first one. The the you're What's right. up, baby? You're right. Good. Good. That's one. why you keep old people around, <laughs> folks. They have those history books that come out of the recesses. <laughs> Roger Craig. So there's three. That's right. Um, but still, sort of the conventional wisdom of why the Panthers traded him was they're like, okay, he already did that. He's not going to do it again. Right. Like you you signed Jalen Hurts because he had a great season. You expect him to have multiple seasons like that again. Totally. It's you know, so I'm wondering Jonathan Taylor, I think there's I think Derrick Henry is a real Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin I mean Austin Eckler is going through that right now. Saquon Barkley? Go, Barkley's going to be the guy that's going to go through that next, right? Joe Mixon Going to jail, but that or going through it. Sorry, I mixed that up. Yeah, uh, just uh, running back is also no longer a sexy position for sure, right? It's it's a commoditized position. Like you can get, uh, you know, you can find another Terrell Davis esque like player in the fifth and sixth rounds that's going to be serviceable for two or three years. Next, bang, 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 bang. You know, it's like replacing a spark plug at this point. Uh, the great position is tight end, wide receiver, and quarterback right now, and left tackle and D end. So you know, you know what's up. But hey, can we digress for a moment? Because of course. This is what we do at ESPN. That's right. We get those texts. We get these little posts. And we want to appease to the people listening out there, folks. So, your boy went on the X-File. You know, Mr. Hey. Fox Mulder Seabrook over yeah, here. Yeah. 
and I have the numbers for our uh, populations for our high schools, both oh, wow. east and west. Cool. Okay. Uh, the only two I don't have, just because they weren't on uh, Wikipedia, the oracle known as, were Gallatin and Belgrade. So in the west, we got Big Sky at 1,116, uh, Butte 1,208, Capital at 1,336, Hellgate at 1,231, Sentinel at 1,268, Helena at 1,538. Yeah. Glacier unreported, uh, Flathead 1,541, and I'm going to say Glacier probably either has very similar, if not more, than Flathead, so, you know, in the 1,500 range, and that's where it is on the west, so uh, the, the, the the big person on the on the western side of the state is either Glacier uh, or Helena, and then the lightweight of that is Big Sky, which gives credence to your, the, the top of the program talking about disparities, and then when we swing on to the other side of the, the, the mountain range, uh, Billing Senior, 1,950. That is robust, folks. Billings West, 1,880. Bozeman, 2,104. Billings Skyview, uh, uh, 1,675. Great Falls coming in at 1,479. And then CMR at 1,385. So um, Missoula schools are definitely at the lower end of the spectrum as far as population numbers and the uh, the central to western side of the uh, central to eastern side of the state is definitely more robust. But also less schools in each town, Sands Billings. Yeah. Um, and For uh, sure. just, yeah, just an in- interesting numbers and a great question or text from our caller. Yeah, great research there from Wikipedia. I actually just got the, the this is the most recent from the MHSA, the Montana High Even School better, Association. And I think that uh, the rankings are very, uh, pretty much unchanged by this. But here's here's just in order uh, from sm- from biggest to, to smallest in the AA level. Billings West is the largest high school in the state. Only one with over twenty-one, or only one with over two thousand students. Then you got Billings Senior, then Billings Skyview. So the three Billings schools, the three biggest. Then Great Falls High, then Flathead, then Great Falls CMR, Kalispell Glacier, Helena Capital, Missoula Sentinel, Butte, Missoula Hellgate, Gallatin at twelve hundred and seventy-six, Big Sky, uh, then Helena High. So I guess that that's the one number I think has changed big time. I think Helena High has lost some. I think the reason for that, though, I think that number East Helena, East Helena has High totally yep. impacted yep. Uh, both uh, Helena and uh, uh, Capital greatly. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the people that live in, like, Montana City or even in East Bing, Helena, yeah. they had to have a high school to go to, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so I think that's the one that maybe has vastly changed is Helena High went from 1,500 to... Uh, 1,100, even smaller than Big Sky. Second smallest high school is Helena High. That's at, crazy. And then Belgrade is at there at uh, 1,037 students. Right, right. The largest class A school is Columbia Falls, 671. Laurel has 625. Whitefish, 577. Browning, that's actually surprising. Browning, 553. Uh, Hamilton, 542. Hardin, 528. Haver, 520. Polson 512, Miles City 510. So those are all your uh, 500 plus. Missoula Loyola right now, 172 students. That's actually a little bit bigger than I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. And uh, I'm looking for Valley Christian, but uh, I can't seem to. Where does uh, is, see it on is there. Loyola the largest class B school? Um, let's see, Loyola. I, I would think not. 
No, Loyola's not. Okay. Uh, Roundup is bigger. Powell County, which is Deer Lodge, is bigger. Harlan's yeah. bigger. Lodgegrass, Red Lodge, okay. Okay. Lame I, Deer, Broadwater County, yeah. Thompson Falls, Huntley Project, Columbus, Wolf Point. I mean, there's a whole bunch, actually. The way you said it, the preface yeah. it, rather, was... Uh, Largest Class B high school is uh, Anaconda, which is not surprising because Anaconda surprising was Class A for a really long time, Absolutely. and they actually just moved down to Class B. So basically, your your barometers here are over 1,000 is AA, then anywhere between, like, uh, about... 300 to 700 is Class A. The smallest Class A school actually is uh, Dillon, which that's actually kind of surprising. It is, a little bit, yeah. Um, Dillon only has 325. Actually, Building Central, the smallest Class A, but private school, 295. And then the uh, the biggest Class B schools, Anaconda, uh, Eureka, Jefferson, Florence Carlton, and I, I would expect Florence Carlton to probably be Class A in the next, I don't know, 10 years. It's coming. It's definitely growing. It's coming. Uh, Manhattan and Three Forks. Those are your high schools that have over 250. Interesting numbers. Love them. We're going to keep playing Smarter Dumb because this is so fun. Nuana's now ESPN yes, Radio. More NFL talk right after this. Coulter Nuanez here coming to you from the ESPN MT studio on behalf of ESPN Missoula as well as Skyline Sports. We're here with one of our best sponsors or our best partners here at Blackfoot Communications. This is a fun one for me though because this is like full circle. This is this is life coming full circle for us. We're here with Judy Gear. I actually knew Judy as just a baseball mom and one of the moms of my buddies growing up when we were little kids. Judy is the channel development manager at Blackfoot Communications. How long have you been there at Blackfoot? Just about nine years. Well, so tell people just about that role. I mean, what is it that you do there at Blackfoot? At Blackfoot, we have certified channel partners uh, who sell Blackfoot services on behalf of Blackfoot. So they own their own companies. They're a local or a regional provider, and they work with Blackfoot to sell our services to their clients. So it really expands Blackfoot's reach in the area. What's your favorite part about this role they have there at Blackfoot? It's the relationships. Yeah. Blackfoot people, and I know that we talk about our culture and we talk about our people, and they are just the best of the best. And I would say that that our partners are that as well. They own their own companies, they have their own staff, but I'm the conduit for them within Blackfoot. So it's a real unique role. I work with other people and other companies and other businesses on behalf of Blackfoot. Well, Blackfoot's so great at helping all sorts of different businesses grow. They've helped us here at ESPN Radio and at Skyline Sports grow so much, and it's uh, it's been a great collaboration. So if you want to find out how Blackfoot can help you, visit goblackfoot.com. ESPN Radio. As I sit here on my 36th birthday and reflect on my life, one of my first acts of of rebellion was buying, or having rather having my neighbor, who was six years older than me, buy CDs with parental advisory stickers on them for me. Oh yeah, because like when when you're like 12, you you just can't. Like when you're like 15, you can go in there and lie a little bit, like just pretend like you're 18. But like when you're like 12. You can't get away with it. So I used to <laughs> save my money and I go give it to my boy and be like, yo, I need I need this, this, and this. But I remember a couple of the first truly just like gangster CDs that I bought. And, and I always hid it from my parents. And I, I don't think you, that my parents ever knew until I was way older or maybe never at all that I was like, listen to this guy's stuff. But I remember buying the soundtrack to Friday. The, the movie Friday with, with Ice Cube and, and Chris Tucker, which that song is from. And just, I don't know, it's just funny. It's just funny the things that you remember that like made you feel alive when you were a rebel little kid. What was your act of rebellion when you were little? 
being born. <laughs> Taking the world by storm. Uh, Act of Rebellion. Were you a rebellious kid? I was. I was. I was. I was a person who was taught to question authority. Yeah. I was a person who was taught to think unto themselves and not be misinformed or disinformed by the world. I was taught to think critically and analytically. That's why you're so um, good on the radio. Why, why, thank you. It's amazing what happens when you're read to as a child. And when you keep reading after that. Yeah, so fathers, dads, uncles, grandpas, big brothers that are listening, read to your children. It's a great thing. It helps with articulation, oration, narration, and diction. Might get them a job someday. <laughs> uh, what was your number one act of rebellion? Snuaz now, by the way, Razim Seabrook. Rocking with me, Coulter Nuanas here on your radio dial. What was your most rebellious thing or more rebellious act? Uh, I remember in sixth grade, I forget what the topic was, but I redirected back a question back at, to the teacher, being mm -hmm. like, basically, what does that mean to you? And the teacher had never, like, was, I think, pissed at first. Yeah. And because uh, I was taught, like, make the teachers earn their money, like, have them answer your questions, not just always answer yours. And it was such a, a thing that from that point on, kids in the class started asking, well, and I won't say her name, Mrs. So-and-so, like, what, or sister so-and-so in this case, like, what do you think about that? And how does that apply to the world? And they, it, uh, my dad had to come in and have a conversation with the, uh, the Monsignor, so you already know how that goes, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and my dad supported me saying, yeah, I teach my son to think free and clearly. Mm -hmm. It's okay. What's the issue? Mm -hmm. And then they let it go. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like I was relatively well behaved. Uh, I fought a lot when I was a kid, though. Like a lot, a lot. I got in fights like every single day. I didn't fight at school. I had to fight outside of school. Yeah. Because the kids I went to school with weren't the kids I grew up with. Mm. See, part of that is just because I, uh, my father always taught me to protect the timid and the weak, right? Or anybody that maybe is uh, having a hard time. That's not rebellion. That is no, for that's, sure. That's for being sure. A good and my, my next door neighbor growing up my whole life, who was a really good friend of mine, he had, uh, he had, like, muscular dystrophy in his leg. Yeah. And so he just walked with a limp. But it, it, he's just a great, cool guy. But people used to make fun of him, and they used to always pick on him, so I'd always fight on his behalf. Good for you. Your father taught you that? For sure. Oh, Pops Nuanez, may you continue to rest in peace, big fella. Yeah, man. Come yeah. on. That's, that's not rebellious. Give me something rebellious, man. That's <laughs> well, not rebellious. See, that's then, you doing then, your honor as a good man. Give me I something got, rebellious. But then I got a lot of fights, and I knew I was good at fighting, so then I was fighting a lot just because that it was just... You know. So what he's saying, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is he unlocked his inner Tyler Durden and started high school fight club behind Southgate Mall. Tank trails, baby. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, shout out to the tank trails. Uh, let's do a little bit more smarter dumb. We're going to play it. some of this in hour number two as well. Uh, this, the premise here is this is a column in Sports Illustrated with just bold statements about every NFL team. We read the bold statement, and then we say it's smarter dumb, and we discuss. Uh, we'll go the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals will get another top five pick. The Cardinals had a three pick this year as one of the worst teams in the NFL. Fired their coach in the offseason, Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals will get another top five pick in 2024, basically implying that they're going to be bad again. Arizona lacks depth and skill position talent and will almost certainly play several, several games with a backup QB as Kyler Murray uh, comes back from an ACL injury. The timing of when he tore his ACL last year, Kyler Murray that is, 
that's the worst time that you could have because it was Horrible. like it was like right the last month of the season. So you're going to impact the next season as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's smart. I think I don't it's think, smart too. I don't think Arizona's very good. I don't think they're very good at all. And. Everyone else in the division got a little bit better, actually. So, like, six-year games just in in division are going to be hard for you to win. And uh, I don't – who does who, who does the uh, NFC West play out of conference? Mm, like, good question. Like, what, is, what I, is their schedule? I need to familiarize. We're going to do that uh, sometime this summer, the schedule crossover, because that is a huge part of the NFL. Yeah, so for me, I, I, I don't think the Cardinals are in a good position and will definitely be – uh, garnering a secure spot for a top 10 pick next year, without a doubt. Yeah, the Cardinals have a lot of, of uh, different issues, um, so we'll see. Uh, a text in from one of our uh, loyal listeners, our, our buddy Nate, uh, Nate Dolan. He, Nate he, Dolan, that's my dog. He, he says, uh, my first R-rated tape was Two Live Crew. Remember that? Uncle Luke, baby. See, it's, it's so funny, like, the things that we do and the things we get offended about, the things we, you know, I, I think there's this common perception right now that everybody is hyper-offended right now. I think part of that, though, is just the fact that we could communicate being offended at such a high level because of all the social media stuff. Well, people have been being offended in America for forever, right? No, we're, no, we're not hyper offended. We're hyper sensitive. Sure, that's true. That's true. But like, people forget that there was a moment in time where the vice president's wife, Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, was on a a, a campaign basically box. to eliminate swear words in music. <laughs> right, so we we've been being offended for uh, for quite some time. Come on now, man. I think Nancy Reagan was a part of that too. Regardless, we digress. Just say no. <laughs> no one is now ESPN Radio. The rabbit holes we could go down, which we don't. We I'm deserve the dormouse, so, Alice. We Let's deserve go. so much credit for our self restraint. Hour one, the Bucks Hour two coming at you. Uh, we're going to talk about the subject of the week. What is the best spot for Montana, Montana State in the wide world of sports and? Uh, What's going down with the NBA playoffs? That's next. Keep it right here. Noana's Now, ESPN Radio. Hey, what's up, Missoula? It's Coulter Nuanez of your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Not only does the M Store in downtown Missoula have the best and most unique Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. That's right. They're all Grizz all the time down there at the M Store, which if you haven't been into their relatively new location there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway, go check it out. You're going to find Grizz stuff that you can't find anywhere else in Missoula or anywhere else in Montana. But they also have a new Apple Store inside the M Store. Now, I've been using a MacBook Pro for the better part of a decade And it is awesome, but it's also a little bit precarious to find somebody to fix it. I also have a habit of leaving my MacBook chargers in various airports across the United States. Don't worry, I've accumulated like four or five of them now because I have to rebuy them and then they, you know, eventually find them and send them back to me. But that's here nor there. Any and all Apple products you might need, any and all Apple service you might have to have taken care of, they can help you down there at the M Store. Go check out the M Store. For all of your Apple needs and all your Grizz needs, the M-Store, located in the heart of downtown Missoula, where they're all Grizz all the time.